Hey, everybody, welcome in. It's The Wrap. Tom Mazaway, Clarence Black here on a good Friday here in Detroit. We're here at the Jim Reels Friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. Welcome into the show. Uh, just another day in paradise. We heard the yeah. governor yesterday extend us down now to April 30th, which I already thought it was, to be perfectly honest. And we're going to hear from her again, obviously. Uh, it's going to it's gonna go further than that. Yeah. Let's face it. I went and got groceries today, man, at Westbourne Market. Shout out to Westbourne Market um, right there in, in Royal Oak. Uh, maybe even be, even be Berkeley and Woodward, man, and they had people out there. And So now, Mass. Now even people they're they're regulating the numbers that are inside. So was it a Kroger? No, man, it's Westbourne Market. Westbourne. So, but you know they got a six feet apart outside. Yeah. They're wiping down the the carts. Yep. And you you they're they're letting people go in as people come out to regulate traffic. And sure. They do that at Costco as well. See, and I, I'm not at Costco. I'm. And Costco's I'm, huge, and they're only letting people in. Like my wife yeah, went, and she got she's got aisles to herself, and right. you know, but they're doing it right. Yeah. They're doing it right. Kroger's closing earlier every night so they can clean yeah. and do it the best they can. I mean, those poor people. And then we think about these hospital workers, and we're talking about the nurses and doctors, but how about these people that are cleaning the rooms and yeah. the, the custodian staff? I God, mean, God bless them, man. Just everybody that's out there trying to to make this thing a little bit better. Man, I went to Tim Hortons. Shout out to our, our friends at Tim Hortons yep. for taking care of us. Um, the Tim Hortons there on Northwestern, man, I was like, I'm... I'm like me and this lady every day is like we talking like hey how you doing? You where's, my, safe? Where's, where's my ice cap? You know man I'm, I'm gonna get your ass ice cap next time Jeez. just because you said it like that. I'm gonna get you. Next time? How about now? I'm parched. You want me to leave right now? And get no, you ice cap? I like, I like I when you're here. I like when you're here. Uh, shout out to our, our our good friend man, our great friend Freddie the Pizza Man, and just people like Freddie that are out there trying to um, just He's reopened now. He re- remodeled hey, his entire store. Man, love Freddie, man. Just people By that himself. are out there fighting. Everybody that is out there working and fighting, man. My cousin is a cop with the Detroit Police Department. They've been decimated by this thing, but they're still out there. All of our law enforcement, man, all of our, our nurses and, and all those people, man, thank you for joining us. We love you. Just, just keep pushing. I have friends up the street from me. Uh, one's a nurse. Another's a retired fireman who's in optimum shape, and they're both battling it right now as we speak Ugh. indoors. They have a daughter, same age as my my Lily, 17, and Evelyn's there. She's okay. She's feeling fine, but her parents are struggling. They're going to, God willing, make it through, yeah. but there are people, and I know there's someone you know close to you that passed. Yeah, we lost, right. uh, and, and it was a... I hate she to was, start like no, this, but you know she, it, mean, is, is, it is what it is. But this man. is the world, man, and we yeah. want. It's important, I think, that everybody feels like this is getting all of us. Like yeah. nobody is There's escaping no this thing, man. And at first, this went from people who you knew, and then it's now. I mean, it hit my family, and and what it hit was it wasn't COVID nineteen, but it was just the the hospital that she was at was so stressed that they missed some things, and also she died alone. That's the you worst, know, you know. And I read story, and I read, I'm reading stories about yeah. these people that are being separated from their families, and and they're calling 30, 40 times in a row, and they can't get through. And I'm talking about in New York, uh, yeah, New Jersey, sh- New York, New Jersey, New York. I mean, yeah. you just and and the people that I, it's too late. By the time you get to see them, it's yeah. they're letting I mean, last got, rites. You're getting a call saying your yeah. loved one has passed away. Yeah, you know, or, or passing away. And, Hurry and, up. And you know, I, and just just so everybody knows, man, I lost my mom uh, 2018 to cancer, um, and I was there. You know, I got to say goodbye. We had her in hospice. Uh, my mom fought the good fight, but 
there is a peace that you get, man, when you're able to to kiss your mom or dad goodbye. If you have that misfortune of having endured it, it is it is. It's something that you just that I I cherish that being there to kiss or goodbye and and to hear that last breath. Like so, people that don't get that, man, my heart goes out to them. This thing is just. Uh, we're gonna feel this a while, and man, and and again, and then take it to the sports world. What we do is like every single day. It looked like the UFC was gonna stand strong, and now yeah. they shut down. They had the to. XS, XFL. XFL, rest in peace. They're done. Damn. They suspended operations today. They've laid off all their employees. The 18 league had just completed half of its 10 game season. We're gonna talk with Tom Luganbill, who patrols the sidelines at ESPN and ABC. Uh, is also a college scout and. I'm going to talk to him about a little bit about Tua today too. Your boy Tua yeah. was looking really good. Yeah, his videotape workout. He had 72 throws today, and it was taped and videoed, obviously, and sent to all 32 teams. Trent Dilfer ran that camp for him, and yeah. Trent Dilfer, he might as well be his agent because he said <laughs> he has never seen a guy like this kid. Said better, better, better than Marino and yeah. Rogers at that age. Isn't that something? Hey, that's a hell of a comparison. That's a hell of a comparison. I mean, that's a, a, and two, a Hall of Famer, is... a Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl winner, perennial MVP, and soon to be Hall of Famer first Unbelievable, ballot. Unbelievable, man. We got to talk about that. But uh, first thing on the agenda is a league that we followed and loved and talked about a lot. It's Love the it, XFL, man. and we want to go out to the phones. And I want to say thank you. Tom Luganbill joins us last minute. He's a sideline analyst, uh, college football. Guru, the whole nine yards for the XFL. Tommy, and uh, Tommy, thanks for joining us. You're on with Tom and Clarence. How are you, bud? I am good, man. How are you guys today? We're good, man. We're trying to keep it, you know, light. Trying to talk a little bit about sports, and people laugh at me. They're like, uh, do you, what, "What are you having on the show tomorrow?" And I'm still <laughs> like, "You know what? I still I like sports. Is still it's a fluid business. Yeah. Things happen still, and look what happens today out of nowhere. At least to me." The XFL suspending operations, Tom? What's up with that, man? Uh, you know, I don't have a lot of details. Obviously, this is so new. It's so fresh. We just found out about an hour ago, um, you know, what was taking place. And um, i got to imagine, you know, the amount of money that they must have been hemorrhaging trying wow. to keep things going without any type of revenue stream coming in was, was carrying a very, very heavy burden. And... Uh, it's a real shame. You know, I, I was a part of it the first time around uh, as a coach. I was able to be a part of it the second time around as a broadcaster. I remember getting this news the first time around like it was yesterday. And mm. the shame of it is is there's, there's hundreds of people, whether it's at the league office or within the respective 18, that are now all out of work. And, and I feel for them because I think they finally got it right. I yeah. think this, it had a future, and it was done correctly and we had a foundation that I think was, was something that was really strong to move forward. I, 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 I'm I telling you, man, I, I love this league. I was yeah. a USFL junkie. I love the NFL. I'm a football guy. I love college football. I love it all, and I watch it constantly still, old games. The other day I watched the USFL championships back for 84, 85. I'm a nut when it comes to that, but I love this league. I loved the rules, Tom. The rules that the NFL now are going to, I'll guarantee they're going to take 75% of these rules and incorporate them somehow into the league. They did last time. I mean, they took the camera and there were so many things that in hindsight, and 
you know, I mean, God bless ESPN, the 30 for 30 yeah. on the This Is the XFL and, and how much transitioned over that was great about the XFL that the NFL took. I'm just hoping they take the, the what is it, the the judge? The ball spotter. No, the, uh, I want yeah. the, um, you want what the is it, Tom, Tom the, yeah, what is it, what do they call that guy? It's the best name. I can't remember it. Who just, the well, replay no, judge. Yeah, or, he was the extra official. He was the designated ball spotter. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you guys, to be honest with you, and it's funny you mentioned some of the innovations from the first time around. I remember when the XFL introduced the Sky Cam. Yep. And yeah. everybody hated it. And the very next year, it was on Monday Night Football, and all of a sudden, <laughs> it was the greatest thing since Pocket Beast. You know, it's like, what the heck's going on? And then what I really appreciated about what the league did this time, and again, these are my own personal feelings. I didn't work for the XFL. I'm a, right. a Disney ESPN employee, but I got assigned to it and had a lot of pride in working on it. Um, what they did is they spent a good two years building the rules around the fans' thoughts of the game. So when I say that, you know, they went out and they pulled football fans. What do you like about the NFL game? What do you not like about the NFL game? What do you like about the college game? What do you not like? And that's kind of how the rules were born. You know, fans wanted better field position for the offense to start. They wanted quicker <laughs> games. They wanted less time between plays. And then what I think the XFL did a wonderful job of is maintaining the integrity of the special teams and eliminating the serious injury factor with their tweaking of the kickoff. And Loved I think, it. if Loved anything, it. that will be the one thing that the NFL will take the strongest look at because the, the head-to-head full-speed collisions were virtually eliminated. And you didn't see injuries occurring on those plays, which – which I think was a great advancement of the game. How about the gambling line and total screen on the you know on the screen? Yeah. People look at it. People, that's what we do, man. And they were getting it right. They were doing it. <laughs> and how did they it get right. it right? The first freaking week, they're hitting it on the button, Vegas. It's unbelievable. They know nothing about the teams, and they're still <laughs> figuring it out. There's a reason why that place out the desert hasn't gone under yet. No um, kidding. I, I tell you, it's it's they the the gambling part of it was something that a lot of people want to shy away from the NFC, the XFL and the ESPN and ABC. We embraced it and tackled it, and why? Because the fans loved that league was a league for the fans, and that's why it was on such strong foundation. It's just such a shame, you know. For the love of football, I love that yeah. seeing it on the field. You know, I really I'm a I'm a geek, man. When it comes, when I saw that, I, I'm like, yeah. This is football, man. This is I want to watch this now. I don't want to watch 80,000 college basketball games yet. I'll wait until March to see that. I loved the more football to me, the better. And the judge you were talking about, Clarence, they call it the sky judge. Yes, the sky judge. <laughs> I'm like, I love that. I love that. Oh, One guy, yes. Part of it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Tom, that that's gold. That was that so is gold. Cool. And then they fire a guy or re – remember they, the guy got it wrong and they – they, yeah, it was my. It was our last game. Yeah. It was week five in Houston. Thumb they fired it. the clock operator. That's what I loved about it. Is yeah. they held. Yes. They held the officials to the same accountability as the as the players and the coaches, which is how it should be. Yes, I took a lot. Of, I loved what they did. I hated that yeah. the guy lost his gig. But you're looking at Lion fans here, Tom. You know, we go back to the <laughs> Dallas Cowboy game. I mean, that ref, those referees that stole that playoff game from us, we'll we'll never forgive them. And they. They did Super Bowls after that. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? It is. We're talking with uh, college football analyst and uh, XFL sideline reporter Tom Luganbill here, um, Maz and Black. All right, Tom. So the thing, the the criticism, the glaring criticism the league received was 
always, well, who's a quarterback? It was star power. What had it continued? What do you think inevitably the plan of action would have been to try and improve the star power, particularly at the quarterback position? Well, had you been able to go forward and get to another year, what would have ended up happening? And I really believe this. I think you would have saw an awful lot of good young players that were on a practice squad or often on a practice squad that have a future that instead of signing an off-season futures deal with an NFL team, would have chosen to go the XFL route. So I think the player pool of available quarterbacks each and every year would have gotten stronger and stronger and more talented. Because, listen, you can sit there and say all you want, but when you're on a practice squad in the NFL, you're not getting any turn. You're not getting any better. You're, you're, you're out there standing behind the drill. And so instead, maybe you go and you play 10 games I'll tell you a fine example. Jordan Tahamu, the yep. quarterback of St. Louis, yep. is going to be a really good player. And he probably had the highest upside of any quarterback through the first half of the season of anybody in the league. I know P.J. Walker got all the accolades, but this was a guy that if he's not in that league, he's not going to be able to showcase what his ability level is because you're not going to be able to even get practice reps on a practice squad. So you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a quarterback-driven sport. I think each and every year you would have saw an influx of better players because the opportunity to play as opposed to sit would have become more and more attractive. And unfortunately, we're not going to see that come to fruition. How about those fans in St. Louis? That was fun to watch a game there at the old Edward Jones Dome, whatever the hell they call it now. And <laughs> I like the, the soccer stadiums they used. I really, I'm a Jersey guy, so I hated that they used MetLife Stadium. Why didn't they use the Red Bull Stadium? That's a great question, and I and I don't know the answer to it, and you are so right. You know, my first two games, our, our ABC broadcast the first two weeks were in D.C., and that soccer stadium was 19,000. It's the perfect yeah. venue. The place was rocking. You know, we didn't have that luxury the first time around the XFL. Nope. There were no uh, MLS stadiums. So all the venues were big. But, you know, it wasn't, you know, even Seattle. Seattle sold out their entire lower bowl for I the know. first couple of home games. St. Louis did it, too. Our last game at Houston. Houston actually opened up the upper deck of the stadium for the first time all year and filled over half of it. That's beautiful. So they, they were doing an unbelievable job. And, again, if, if you put a quality product on the field, football fans are going to want to come and watch live football. And, unfortunately, not every place, like at Tampa Bay, was having to play in Raymond James. And right. Not every place had a spot for an ideal venue like, you know, L.A. did or, or D.C. did. Tom, how much of this league's fortune – because events was tied to, you know, the, the the success or the profitability of, uh, you know, WWE as a corporation in terms of how, how the league was was structured. Because, again, to Maz's well, point well, that it, it looked like it should have been – to say you're, you're done with this year, I get it. But to say you're done completely, it just – that throws me for a complete loop. Yeah, I think this has all come out of left field to all of us that were involved because, you know, it was just a couple of weeks ago that they're discussing, you know, their plans for 2021 and how excited they were. And, you know, this was something that was an entity that was actually set aside. It was it was uh, under Alpha Entertainment, not the WWE. So while it was, it was Vince's capital, you know, they were their own substructure within the company. And listen, I mean, I, and, and I saw something on Twitter today. It actually kind of set me out of shape, you know. 
don't try and compare this to the AAF or the no. XFL. No. This XFL, right. it took a global pandemic to bring this thing. Yep. Yeah. You know, we're not talking apples and apples here. And so I think he, it was done right. And I just, I can't imagine, I don't know if any of us have the calculators in our head to even possibly fathom the amount of money that, uh, because of the, the last six weeks, have created uh, just huge, huge um, stockpiles of money being thrown right down the drain. And i got to imagine from a financial standpoint, uh, it's got to have a huge part of it. I just ordered, uh, I waited all stupid season. I figured, oh, they got to, <laughs> these balls are $125. They got to oh. lower them a little. But finally, on Saturday, Tom, I'm on the XFL website. And I see they yeah. got mini football. So I order a mini football because my daughter's like throwing the ball around in the house. And we don't, why not? Mini football's okay. Then I see the St. Louis Battle Hawks football and it said free. And I said, what? And it said, yeah, available in two weeks. It's free. So I'm like, okay, let me put this in my basket. I bought the, the other ball. And then three days later, I got a note saying, it was an accident, blah, blah, blah. They didn't put it in. So I ordered a damn football anyway. So <laughs> they now, got you. <laughs> I got two freaking footballs coming, and, and there's, no, there's no more league anymore. But uh, I love that football even. You know, it was interesting. Um, have you guys had a chance to actually see one in person or feel No, one? No. No, I no, love we we the look we of it. We were looking okay, forward so, to it. <laughs> so, so funny story. The first XFL, the first time around 2001, if you remember, the ball was black with the red yeah, stripes. Yeah, that was ugly. Yeah, it horrible. was really cool. Yeah. It was a great-looking ball. When it spun, it looked great. It was the worst-made <laughs> yes. football in the history of mankind, and if it got even a smidgen of moisture on it, you virtually could not throw it. Right. I, 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 it, was, it was unbelievable. So this ball that they developed, and I, and I to be honest with you, the, the name of the company is taking me right now, but they created what they call – X-Tech technology in it, instead of having the little pebbles like you're used to with a football, yeah. it's the same type of thing, but it's in little X's. And it really didn't have anything to do with the XFL. It was just a different design, but the grip of it was awesome. Oh. And every, you know, every team had their own colors and their yep. own ball, and when they won on offense, they had their own deal. Man, just... Hey, you guys are all bumming me out. The Vipers no. football. The Vipers football was great looking. I mean, I mean those colors oh. on that football. And I know you got a Wildcats one because I watched. I looked at your Twitter a few days ago, yeah. and you had the Wildcats one. You know, the Guardians was my team because I'm a New Jersey guy. But that was just, just black and red. It was nothing. So I still I ordered the Vipers ball just for the hell of it. But you know that Battle Hawks. I mean, I loved the logos in it. I loved everything about this damn yeah. league. The logos were really, really good. They really were, and and they the uniforms were designed well. Um, they just it was like I said, top to bottom. Damn. By not rushing to the to the market and taking their time, they got a lot of things right. So here's the million dollar question, Tom. <laughs> All right, could and I mean this is a huge could. Obviously not not now because it just came out yesterday. But the intellectual property, the rights, everything, you name it, could. Could someone come in and and buy this? I mean, is that a I mean we've seen it with the ABA back in the seventies. I mean, you know, we've seen it with T V shows where they get a new deal, they go from, you know, the one network, channel to the yeah, next. the network says we're good and now they're on Netflix. I mean, is that is right. Could you see that? Because I mean, if we're sitting here talking about there's so much good there, I just I can't see it Don't just being it completely die. shelved. Could you see somebody coming in on the back end? And saying like I, it's worth it for me to buy the rights, or now. have Vince redo it again? Why not? Three times is a charm. 
I know. I got to fit. You got, don't you figure if you're Vince, you just feel snake bitten right now? Yeah, I mean, you just, have to. I mean, no matter what you've done, it just hasn't worked out right. And, you know, uh, but listen, I, I got to imagine all of those things are on the table. You know, the with the product and the infrastructure that's already been developed, it's already in place. The legwork's already done. Um, it would then be about restarting it with capital and, and bringing back the manpower to run it. But, yeah, I would imagine anything's possible in that regard. Tom Luganbill joins us, uh, college football analyst, scout, you name it. This guy does it. XFL sidelines. Used to be a coach with them. I wanted to ask you about uh, if we can go off XFL for a second. You Did you not. have you figured out anything on Tua yet? Damn it! <laughs> His pro day today. Uh, Trent Dilfer's out there. He's throwing seventy-two uh, footballs. Uh, Trent Dilfer thinks he's the second coming of Dan Marino. What, what's your take on on Tua? Yeah. So. Here's my take on, on <laughs> any type of draftable prospect that you're doing your homework on. People do not understand the level of importance that durability brings in the scouting equation. You know, what's the best ability you can have? Durability. Yep. If somebody's going to make a 50 or 60 or whatever million-dollar decision over the course of what they hope to be at least the next 10 years, and you have a guy with a distinct history of injury, that is not good. And I don't care how talented he is. It doesn't diminish the talent. It doesn't change what his ability level is. But if he's not on the field and you've invested in him, the risk that you are weighing is absolutely monumental, particularly at that position. And I think that gets underplayed, and it shouldn't because it's – and it's one thing if it's, an, if it's a injury, one injury. But Tuman's been a guy that's been injured essentially every year he's been under center at Alabama. Yeah. And as talented as he is, now he hasn't missed a lot of games, but that, his chassis has been banged up on pretty good. And, you know, he's not 6'4", 235 pounds. That's not what he is. So, um, you know, I don't think throwing in a pro day – it's as big a deal for people. People know. They can study him on tape. They know how special he is. They're doing more examination of talking to the, the, the hip specialist and all of those people and trying to figure out what the risk is here and what, and, and what are they willing to risk if you decide to take it. What do our Lions do with that number three pick? Oh, man. Um, you got the skins in front of you. You got the Bengals in front of them. You got Joe Burrow. And you got Chase Young. So what does that leave? Jeffrey Okuda probably next, next on the block there? Yeah, that's who they love, and we've been hearing that. But do you take a corner that high? I know. What do you think of, of Okuda, really quick? Oh, I think he's special. I think anytime you have a six-foot or taller corner that is a, a, a rare talent, he, he's a top-five type pick. I think that guy is very, very similar to um, uh, Patrick Peterson. Hmm. Nice to hear. Well, I guess we'll have to see what the hell they do now here because they haven't really gotten it right many times here, Tommy. <laughs> I know it. I know it. It's been tough up there in Detroit, man. Hey, man, we appreciate you coming on Absolutely. short notice. And you know what? We're going to miss seeing you on the sidelines. I-, I pray that they can give this one more shot. Just take the year off if you have to. What- whatever well, you got to do. I'm holding out, Tom and Maz. I'm holding out that somebody somewhere is going to, like you said, Tom, I think somebody's going to look at the intellectual property and the TV deals, and they're going to look at what this was, and they're going to view this as a stock 
that is is got a high value but a low price and some someone is going to grab the, if if not just for the intellectual property alone somebody's going to grab all the rights all the ip i think we're going to see it we'll see i just gotta I hope it. so i hope you're right because i'm going to miss it too guys tommy we look forward to seeing you on espn abc wherever you pop up uh continued success man thank you appreciate it thank you guys very much have a good rest of your day you too man stay healthy happy good friday tom right. luganbill you too. espn abc college football analyst and uh scout you heard him what he said about yeah. Tua. But I will tell you this too, though, man. Um, and, and I think people forget this. The game is made for people to get hurt. Drew Brees, people don't know, Drew Brees had a, a horrible ACL, tore his ACL badly as a as a junior, 11th grade junior, tore his ACL. Then he had that horrible labrum tear back in 2005. Uh, last, what, last game with the Chargers or whatever it is. People thought, yeah. oh, man, it's a career ender. Yeah. And he's small. And he's small. Yeah. Like like Tua. But smaller. It, small. he, isn't he smaller Drew than Tua? Is t- he's yeah. small. But there's only one in a million of him. Let's face it. You're going to get hurt playing this game. Yeah. But the idea that you can't come back from it or that it defines you. Um, well, you heard Tom. He got hurt every single year so far. You still want him? Yeah. Because one playoff win in sixty years. What am I losing? What am I going to lose? What's going to happen? What's what is my thing is what is the worst that's going to? Now we're not going to get them because we need to get not, everyone we, else. They need to win now. But Jalen was on this morning on the uh, the ESPN show saying it, man. It it, it it's some. It, remember what I the other day I was saying. Bold, be bold. What do you have to lose? Right. You have nothing to lose, man. What's another year, right? Rebuilding yeah. since fifty seven. Thanks to the guys behind the glass, Angel and uh, David, Stephen as well. For Clarence, it's Tom Mazzaway. We'll see you next time. Hey, we're coming right back. We got some baseball news for you. Keep it right here on NRM Streamcast.